All right, guys, so this is a bonus episode. This is bonus episode number one, and I don't want to waste any time. I just want to get right into it. Um, I'm a bit fired up tonight. It is nine o'clock at the time that I'm recording this, and I am just, I'm fired up, man. And so I just felt like I needed to go ahead and record this, but I just listened to, not too long ago, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, and it is a... Uh, tragic story. I, I listened to the first episode. I haven't listened to the whole thing. Um, but it is a tragic story of some things that have happened at a well-known church. And, you know, this episode is not going to be a mudslinging, he should have known better, blah, blah, blah type podcast. But this is just talking about Christian culture. That's the problem. Like, yes, this man did something that was not okay. Um, to say the least, uh, he did a lot of, uh, mistakes. Uh, I don't want this to be a mudslinging podcast. I just want to talk about Christian culture as a whole. And this is, this might be more of an introspective bonus episode. So just bear with me. I'm hoping some people resonate with what I have to say tonight, but I don't know about you guys, but I can just kind of feel all my uh, intercessory discerners, seers. Um, I know y'all can all feel, uh, things are changing. Things are changing rapidly in the American church and it's for the good, but it's been, uh, quite painful to see and quite painful to live in. And I think it's just boiling down to God wants to get to the root of the Western church, like the issues, the idolatry, of the church and he wants to do it quickly because I just got a feeling guys, you know, he, he wants to do some things fast. I want to read this definition to you about consumerism. It says consumerism is the protection or promotion of interests or of consumers, or it's the preoccupation of society with the acquisition of consumer goods. But I really like what Wikipedia had to say about it, believe it or not. And it says consumerism is a social and economic order that encourages the acquisition of goods and services in ever increasing amounts. And this is something that has surrounded my conversations at the beginning of this year so far. Um, Christian consumerism, I'm so done with it. I... I'm just so done with it. That's the best way I can describe it. It has seeped into every part of Christianity. We want, I think it boils down to human nature. I think human nature in general is humans want the greatest amount of glory with the least amount of processing and pain. I just really believe that. I believe that we want the greatest amount of reward for the least amount of work. And that's just it might be a Western church thing. It might be just a people thing, but I I just see that in the church and it is, it has gotten into everything. And I think part of it is social media. Social media plays a big part in this. And I just think we value the wrong things. I think we just value the wrong things. And I think social media has helped with that because we're always looking at people's best. We're always looking at this, these churches that seem so great. I mean, you you have business leaders, guys, who know how to brand. They can make anything look good. And they they brand these churches and they brand these people and they 
you know, they, they have these trendy messages, these motivational messages that make us feel good, tickle our ears, and nobody has changed. One thing, and I hope you don't think as cynical as I did about this, but one thing that I don't want to even say bothered me because uh, I love conferences. I've always loved conferences since I was little. I love the Holy Spirit moving and changing people's lives. But one of the things that um, this last passion conference and conferences like the send and Bethel conferences and Hillsong conferences and all these conferences that we have, I look out and I, or I see the videos, I see all these people and I'm like, man, if all these people, if every Christian in here is having a genuine encounter with God, everybody who's crying right now, everybody's who's encountering the Lord, lifting their hands. If everybody is so saved, why is this country not better? Did anybody else think that, or was I just being cynical? Just, you know, send me a message or whatever. But I I couldn't help but think that I'm, I'm looking at these conferences. They had a a conference that I'm not going to name that apparently had 30,000 people there. And I was like, man, if 30,000 people were out on the street, you know, just ministering to people and ministering to their hearts about Jesus Christ. Like, you know, what, what would this country look like? And it just led me to believe I'm like, if this is the case and this world is still not functioning how it is, what are we doing as the church that is wrong? And two things came to mind and these might not be true. These are just two things that came to mind, but I'm like, is this an emotional encounter or is this a truly spirit filled encounter? That was the first question that came to my mind because I'm like, I I feel like when God touches you, he changes your life. And yes, you have to steward the word afterwards, which leads me to my next question. Are we not stewarding our encounters? Well, I know. And I, I just had this conversation with a friend of mine who, uh, lives in Michigan. She knows who she is. Um, but we were talking about these uh, students that will jump from uh, ministry school to ministry school. Like one moment they'll be at Bethel, the next moment they'll be at Jesus Image, the next year that at, they're at, I don't know, Mercy Culture, the next year they're at Hillsong. And they jump from ministry school to ministry school to ministry school. And they're still dealing with the same issues. They're still dealing with inner healing. They're still dealing with whatever the case is, and they've become so introspective on what the Lord is doing in their own lives that they forget to look around and see that there's other hurting people and that God does not deliver us just for us. He delivers us to be, to deliver other people. And I think we've come into this mindset where we feel like we have to be perfect in order to help. And God uses imperfect people all the time. We see that in countless ways in scripture. Like the thing that comes to mind is Gideon. Gideon was scared. Gideon was not about that fight in life. He was threshing wheat in a wine press. Who does that? He was hiding. He was afraid. And he asked God multiple times, if this is you, show me a sign. Like Gideon was not about that life. Um, But God used Gideon to deliver an entire nation. So it's not about us being perfect. It's about us being in faith. And another thing that came from me watching that first episode, and I, I don't, I don't know if I want to encourage you guys 
to watch it because it, it honestly grieved me. I grieved my spirit and I, I just think it's, you know, how I operate. It, it broke my heart. Honestly, I was teary eyed listening to it because just thinking about all the people that um, no longer believe in God, no longer believe in Jesus because of the abuse of the church and, you know, compounded on top of this is not the first time that it's happened, unfortunately. Like there are countless other mega church pastors that have done this and even other pastors who are not mega churches. I have heard crazy stories of pastors who have small congregations and are still living out there, still living in sin, still living like they don't know God. So this is not, I don't want to say it's a mega church issue and it's the model. Um, I, cause I just don't know enough about it to say that. Um, because I, I see this issue in churches period, not just a mega church. But after watching it, I was just like, man, we, we value the wrong things. And I didn't even realize that the Lord was doing a deep work on me when I was doing the idolatry episodes. Like I'm seeing that he wants me to get my eyes from off of things that just don't matter. Like likes on Instagram just doesn't matter. Having a pretty house and a big house just doesn't matter. It, these things don't matter. They only matter because some person somewhere at some time or society has told us that it should matter, but it means nothing to God. He does not care if you have thousands of likes on Instagram, if you talk to thousands of people on stage, if you are rich, he doesn't, he wants you to love him fully and he will take care of the rest. That's ultimately what it boils down to. None of this crazy, none of this crazy life. And I was listening to this lady, um, earlier this morning and she said something that really like that really convicted me. And it was like, Christians will, the essence of it was like, Christians will come to Christ with preconceived notions on how they want their life to go. And they basically want God to bless it. And that unfortunately was my experience and things I'm still having to fight today. I came to Christ thinking that I will come, I will surrender to him, quote unquote, surrender to him, and he will bless me with my best life. And uh, I don't want to say that was explicitly told to me, but that's what was sold to me. So, you know, like you don't have to explicitly say something to have a implication behind it, but it was basically like, you know, God's going to be your best friend. This life is going to be good. And the Christian life is so fun and blah, blah, blah. And, um, that's not necessarily how it works all the time. Is it the best decision I ever made? 10 out of 10 would recommend. Um, he's been closer to me than anybody else. Um, closer than a, a brother is what the Bible says. Closer than my friends, whatever the case is. Um, but there's something about a sober I do that hits different. When uh, a man and a woman come together in marriage, um, and they're, they're saying their vows to each other. It's one thing to just say the words and say in sickness or in health, you know, for richer, for poorer till death do us part, whatever the case is. But it's another thing when two mature people come together and they, they know the weight of what for sickness means. They know the weight of what for poorer means. They know the weight 
of what a bad time can mean. And they say a sober I do to each other. To soberly say I do to each other is what's attractive. And it's, there's a weight behind it because it's a fullness and a full knowledge of agreement. And it's different than, you know, when two either irrational or immature people say, oh, I do. And things get bad and then they end up divorced. You know, that means your word and your commitment and your vow really didn't mean anything. They were just words. But when two people say I do and then li- live it out, it's different. And so how that relates with us and Christ is I want Christians to come to God with a more sober, I do and I surrender. Meaning, and this goes back to what the lady was saying earlier this morning, was that what if, and I'm going to use, um, I'm going to use this example because I feel like this is something a lot of Christians relate to, but a, a lot of Christians have the idea of, you know, a spouse, kids, white picket fence, nice house, good salary, like that's the life. And we feel like we're not asking for much. Like we feel like we're somewhat entitled to that. Like, oh, you know, God, I don't, I don't, I'm not asking for a mansion. I'm just asking for, you know, a nice little cottage home, you know, oh God, I'm not asking for a lot. I just, you know, want a spouse. I'm not asking for a lot. I just want kids or whatever the case is, but we don't submit our desires to the Lord. We just ask him to bless it. And what if that is not your calling? What if what the Lord wants is for you to be single and completely sold out to the kingdom of God for your life? Are you still going to love him? Is he still enough? And this could be any desire in your life. This could be anything that you could possibly put before God, any idol, any desire. And, you know, like I said, in my past idolatry episode, you know, these things are not inherently bad. Having a family is not bad. Having a nice house is not bad. Having a desire for those things, it's not bad. Um, But the problem is when we value those things as, you know, the pinnacle of life and they're not, they're not even close. And it, it doesn't matter. This life is but a vapor. It goes by so fast in the realm of eternity. It means nothing. It means nothing if you don't have Christ. And so what I want to see is Christians come with a more sober I do to Christ. I want them to know exactly what it means when we come to Christ. When we come to Christ, we are accepting him as Lord. Lord means someone or something having power, authority, or influence, a master or ruler. What does that mean? That means our life is not our own anymore. Our life is not our own anymore. Our desires are to be replaced by his. Our way of life is to be transformed into how Jesus would live. And that's not saying God won't give you the desires of your heart. Please don't, you know, don't hear what I'm not saying. It's This is not supposed to be a morbid message, but it is a sobering message of what it means to follow Christ. And it is, God says in his word, when we come to him, we are crucified we are crucified. He becomes our Lord, our ruler, our master. And that's, that is hard for the Western church to get around our, our brain because, you know, we grew up in democracy where we get to choose, like majority gets to choose freedom, blah, 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 like master ruler. That sounds like some old, you know, slave stuff. I'm not on that. Um, but, and you know, yes, 
the closer we get to God, we become friends and all that kind of stuff. But we, he is Lord and King of the world. He is Lord and should be King of your life, which means his authority, his way goes. And we have to die to ourselves. We have to die, um, as unto Christ. And sometimes that means, um, we have to submit our desires to God. One of the revelations my pastor gave me that has stuck with me for years was Psalms 37, four, and I'm going to read the KJV. Um, but it says, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And we often think that if I, you know, treat, we treat God like a genie. Like if I praise him the right way, if I pray enough, if I do enough for him, he'll bless me with my desires. I might get that car. I might get that spouse. I might get my kids. I might get whatever the case is that we feel entitled to. We feel like if we give God what he wants, we treat it like a business transaction. If we give God what he wants, he'll give us what we want. And the scripture is not saying that it says when we take delight in the Lord, when we come into the fullness and the knowledge of who he is, when we become intimate with the Lord, he gives us, he inputs in us the desires of our heart. That means he gives us desires from him. It's not these selfish, you know, self-serving desires that he fulfills. God's like, because you have delighted yourself in me, I'm going to give you my desire for people. I'm going to give you my desire to see righteousness on the earth. I'm going to give you my desire to see justice. I'm going to see, give you my desire to see the love of God fill the homeless, whatever the case is, God gives us the desires of our heart, not the way we read it as well, we desire something and God gives it. No, we delight in God and God gives us a desire. And then we get to operate in that. Like I started off this podcast. Um, I just believe the time for playing church is over. I'm just going to say that now I've been saying that it's becoming over basically, but the time for playing church is no more. I'm just going to say it now that way it won't come as a shock to you later. It's, it's over. We can't be these Christian junkies who go from one spiritual high to another, to another, to another, because we don't know how to steward our own relationship with Christ at home. We can't do that anymore. It's going to be, it's literally going to be a personal relationship with Christ wheat or tares, sheep or goats. This is the time that we're in. Gone are the days of, well, I go to church on Sundays, but I curse a little bit. Gone are the days where I, oh, I go to church, but I sleep around or I go to church, but I club every now and then I go to church, but I dabble in some new age witchcraft. I go to church and whatever fill in the blank is next. It's either I love Jesus Christ so much that I have given my life to him and I am daily dying to myself or I don't. It's that simple. And I don't want to say it's becoming that simple. It is that simple now. So I know this was a heavier episode, but I'm sorry. It was just in me, something I had to talk about. And I would say, um, as far as the, the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast, 
be spirit led on whether or not you're supposed to listen to that. I'm not saying it's a bad podcast or whatever the case is. I'm just saying I was grieved by it. It broke my heart. I was like teary eyed listening to it and you need to make sure you're in your the right space or it might just be something the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to listen to because you might just have a more sensitive spirit. That's probably the road I'm going down. But um be spirit led with that, but it is an an unfortunate reminder of how easy it is to value the wrong things, to think that we're entitled to things, to think that we're more important than what we are. And it is a sobering reminder that it hurts people. And that unfortunately, as much as I don't like it, people's eternity might be on the line if you are in a position of leadership and not following God like how you should. I think that's why this podcast has done so well it's just a a reminder specifically to leaders of how easy it is to mess up and what's at stake but with that stay saved out there because things are getting crazy peace